I don't know what I'm doing. So it seems like when I look at you, I'm like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> I guess adulting is just pretending to be an adult. I think there's something to be said for that, though, because it's like it is like kind of fake it till you make it like you do eventually find out, I guess, what you're doing if you keep pretending to do it. You know what I mean? Welcome back to Gumption. I'm Lily, your host, and this is episode 17, Bring Back the Bacon Phase. I love that part of the title. The Importance of Cinematic Experiences. Now, if you guys ever question how committed I am to this podcast, just know that I am currently sitting inside my closet. Yes, that is correct, my closet to record this episode. And let me tell you why. My upstairs neighbors are so loud that There is no place in the house that provides me solace from their thud noises. And even though I have set up my office to be an ideal little podcasting situation, I've got my yellow chair, I've got the on-air sign that lights up, got my microphone, my computer stand, keyboard, everything. It's all in place. But it all goes to hell in a handbasket when they start walking around upstairs, and I swear these people walk louder than any human I have ever heard. Plus, it doesn't help that the dryer and the washing machine are directly below my office and the floor, it's not that thick. So anytime something is tumbling around in the dryer, it is also tumbling into your ears through my microphone. That being said, the commitment is there, you guys. I am sitting in my rolling desk chair inside our closet, which is probably about three feet wide. The chair barely fit through the doorway. To my direct left, if I turn my head to the left, is all of our clothes that are hanging. Behind me is our shoe rack, and to the right is the wall. So I hope that this sacrifice really just blesses your ears with the best sounding audio quality. And I'm thinking maybe I just need to invest in some soundproofing boards, whatever those are. It looks like the testing things that they used to use in grade school, they'd put around your paper so that your neighbors couldn't cheat. But it has like the foam, and it's soundproofed. So... If you have a good recommendation for ways to soundproof without it looking crazy, hit me up. And that's on being an amateur podcaster. But this week's episode was really fun to record, and I think a little bit different than our usual style. We didn't have any topics in mind when we got on to do the interview, and it was really just very chill, super conversational, but I think that Sean had some great wisdom to share So I'm excited for you guys to hear this more relaxed, laid-back version of Gumption. And Sean was a natural, too, because he hosts a radio show called Sean Talk through WXVU, which is Villanova's radio station. So he was really comfortable with guiding the conversation and even getting to ask me some questions, which our guests don't always get to do. So I want you to all give a warm welcome to Sean Volpe, this week's guest, and sit back, relax, get a beverageino, and enjoy. Tell me about how you got involved in, is it Villanova Radio or is it through the local radio station? It's through Villanova Radio. So it's the Villanova Radio Club, but they have their own station, 89.1 FM on WXVU. Well, they call themselves WXVU, but if you're around the Villanova area, Philly area, 
you tune into 89.1 FM. That's the uh, Villanova radio station frequency. For that frequency. And <laughs> honestly, I had really no prior experience coming here, like with doing any interviews or anything of the sort with people. Like I kind of consider myself an introvert in a lot of ways in high school. And I feel like in coming to school, like it was definitely something that really an uncomfortable kind of courageous thing for me to do, I felt like. And putting myself out there and putting myself out there with Villanova Radio, I was just like, you know what? Why not? I really like listening to podcasts. I've gone into Villanova an introvert and I've come out like a few years later. I feel like I'm more of an extrovert, more of a social person. I feel like we've known each other, like we've talked for maybe a few days in person. I'm wearing also the Villanova Astronomy. Oh my gosh. Is that the new shirt? Is that from this year? No. I don't even think they had new shirts this year. What the heck? That's know. so lame. <laughs> Maybe I was I'm... wearing mine the other day. It's like old though. It's the one from 2019. And I don't wear it in public because it says Vass on the top, but it's in like constellations. Like it's little stars connected and it looks like it says Vag. So no one wears it. Mine is like really like as I've worn it like a decent amount of times, like faded now and it's, <laughs> it's not holding up the best no more, but I'm still going to represent. Okay. Anyways, I kind of <laughs> in a tangent there, but that's okay. The reason why I just decided to do Villanova Radio is because it was something that made me uncomfortable, I guess. Like the thought of having other people listen, me of all people interview people, like I always felt like I was a quiet person and. I always thought just talking wasn't my strong suit, but in the same way, it wasn't really unexpected of me because college has made me like really just enjoy just talking to people and listening to people's experiences. I'm a good listener, I feel like. And when, on my show, I try to make people, I guess, the sole attraction. Even though it's called Sean Talk, like people are tuning in for the guests. You know, I'm like, I post on my Instagram story, like a picture of the guests and I'm like, I'm going live with blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like I'm a good listener. Dude. I think that's more important to be a good listener to interview people properly because Lord knows I'm a talker. Like I could talk people's ears off and I definitely would consider myself an extrovert. But I think throughout the process of doing these interviews for gumption, it's like I need to be a better listener. And it's helped me to be a better listener because you can't just like jump in and interrupt people. Even if you have the most brilliant idea that comes to your brain, you have to let them follow through their thought and then it's really interesting to see where the conversation goes just based off of how people answer the few questions that I will always bring to the interview and also I wanted to go back to what you said about being at least considering yourself an introvert which surprised me so much I mean I know I've only met you I think a little over a year ago what time did we go to Green Bank it was April last year so I guess yeah it was the summer yeah I think that sounds about right maybe March I think it was the first weekend in April. I'm pretty sure because there was a retreat that I was also thinking of going to and I chose to go to Green Bank instead because I was like, this is my last opportunity to go to Green Bank. You seem like an extrovert to me, at least when I met you. So that, I guess, is just a testament to what you said about changing in that way, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of more of like a reactionary kind of thing where I kept to myself and my like roommate and like some people on our dorm floor like freshman year and even like sophomore year like when for me that was when COVID really hit and I missed like a whole in-person semester of sophomore year 
and then I came back in person and it was like I realized for myself I was like I could be just put my head down not really like make an effort to talk to anyone new and just like it's all love to everybody I'm was friends with freshman and sophomore year like I'm still friends with them but I kind of just wanted to like branch out and discover new voices and that's why I like the podcast in itself because I've definitely had conversations I would never have had with people had the podcast in it like exist because I just love bonding with people over an hour, hour and a half of just pure conversation, no distractions. And I'm really grateful because even like right now, why would we be in a Zoom call other than your podcast or this is a gumption. Let's be real. It's a gumption X Sean talk. It's like a collab. Collab. Gumption featuring Sean talk, but I like that. I like the way that sounds. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also like a testament to you. Like it's not easy just starting your own podcast or even anything, small businesses, I don't know, YouTube channels, podcasts, whatever it may be. Like creative outlets shouldn't be suppressed. I feel like we should just do whatever we want to do, even if we makes us uncomfortable. But like in the long run, for me, I'm so grateful I did it. It really changed my life. I feel like it really did. I really enjoyed it. That's a really great perspective. And I think it's like, I always say to people, I didn't know all the work that it entailed to like do a podcast, but I'm glad that I did it because it might've been a deterrent for me. Like, oh, I have to edit it and then like post about it and share all these things. But I kind of just approached it from the angle of like, well, I'm going to jump into this and I'll just figure things out as I go. And like, maybe I try some things and they don't work and that's fine. Like no one's expecting me to be an expert. I just wanted to do it. So I did it. And like you said, I just think it's so fun because you don't have any distractions when you're having these conversations with people. Like I always turn on my do not disturb. I just get to have a one-on-one conversation. Even if we can't be in person, it's so nice to like just have that kind of structured, but also it can go in any direction type of conversation. You're just not interrupted by anything, which is a rare thing, I think, in our world that we currently live in. So, yeah. Even if you want to hang out with somebody, I don't know, like go to a restaurant with someone or just hang out with a buddy, like there's always going to be text messages coming up. Unless you guys are like, oh, we're going to put on do not disturb. We're not going on our phones. I mean, your friends are. Who does that? That's like, I mean, maybe if they do, kudos to them, but I don't do that. I'm so bad about that. My parents, maybe they're like, all right, everybody, phones down, dinner table. Even then, now my mom's like addicted to TikTok. <laughs> Me and my mom. That's like my mom with Instagram Reels. She loves Reels. <laughs> I don't know that it used to be like such a like hateful relation between like old people and TikTok and Reels and whatnot. And now they like, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, that's so true. I think my mom sends me more Reels during the day than I send her. She's definitely my top person I DM on Instagram, which I love because you always see those posts that are like you and your first person in your share list should go to Italy or something. And I'm like, oh, it's my mom. (laughs) I'd go to Italy with my mom. I've seen one where it's like, if you see this, you have to slap the first person that comes (laughs) up when you share. And I was like, oh, what if Lily saw that with her mom? (laughs) But I was going to say, I don't know, like if this is of any interest to you, but I think if I play like something through YouTube, it will clearly play over yeah play it all right can you hear that or no no (laughs) oh you didn't hear the applause sound effect no sadly i didn't hear it wait that's so sad okay never mind 
That's sad because I feel like when you have people on Sean talk, you can just play things out loud and it'll get recorded. That's like super easy. I typically add all the sound effects after, like in my editing process. And when I first started doing Gumption, I was like trigger happy with the sound effects. I would add them like every five seconds and people really liked it. Like they thought it was funny, but then I was having more serious interviews and I was like, I can't be putting the sound effects in there every five seconds. Like Just having like really existential talks and it'd be like, whir, whir, like, like I don't know, just like a silly cartoon sound effect in the background. Or it's like, oh, it's like a yeah. chorus of children. Like, oh, <laughs> after someone Aww. shared their trauma, like, no, I'm yeah, not going to do yeah. that. It's like, yeah, ever since I lost my, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> dude, why is everyone deciding to call me as I'm doing this interview right now? No. Wow. You're popular. No, I, no. I don't know what's no, I always like turn it on do not disturb and then I'll be like, oh, yeah. let's see if anyone reached out to me. No one. <laughs> but I don't care. I prefer that, honestly. I think we should riff off of Green Bank because Gosh, yes. probably a lot of my listeners have no idea what that is, except for the OGs like Grace. But yeah, I kind of want to like just talk about that experience because it's such a unique experience that we had. And obviously that's how we met, but it's just interesting. I don't know. So. I don't know where to start with that, but I guess we can kind of explain. I think I met you. Was it the night we moved in or maybe the night after that? When was the night that we were all playing those games? Was it the second night or the first night? I don't know. I think it could have been the first night. I really don't know. We were there for two nights. I think, I think so. Oh, Because well, we, we got this- there like on a Friday and then we were there Saturday and left Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Let's give some context of what Green Bank actually is, though. Let me go on the internet, the interwebs, and pull up... The World Wide Web. Like, I don't know. Do they have a website? I'm guessing they probably do. Green Bank. On their Wikipedia. Observatory. Home of the GBT. Okay. All right, here we go. So, is there a blurb about them? They just have a bunch of articles. Green Bank is a census-designated place in Pocahontas County in West Virginia's Potomac Highlands inside the... I can't pronounce any of these words. Yeah, it's really difficult. So Green Bank essentially is this large campus slash research facility in the middle of the mountains in West Virginia that is the home of, I think, one of the biggest telescopes in the continental U.S. It might even be the biggest. I think the biggest one is in Hawaii at the Mauna Key Observatory because I used to have a shirt with that on it for some reason. But yeah, the Green Bank Telescope is like this massive, I think it's got like a diameter the size of a football field or something, this massive telescope, and it turns and rotates and they can wheel it around. But it's in the middle of literally nowhere. So it's not one of those telescopes you look into either. It's just... Yes, that's a good clarification. It sends, that was it the sound waves or... That's sound waves, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, radio. Hey, radio waves, Villanova radio. Okay. I was about to say we could bounce it off of there, but literally this was one thing that I really struggled with when I was an astro major. Like I did not understand radio telescopes. I mean, I get the basic concept, but it was like really hard for me to conceptualize what was even going on there. So I just took it as they would shoot these waves into space and then they would see how they would deflect off of things and how the waves change tells you like, I think it's, like the gravity, how the gravity affects the waves. They could... I think so. And if they bounce off of something that's like, this could be completely wrong. If my astro friends listen to this, if they listen and I'm wrong, this is going to be embarrassing. But I think 
I remember if it bounces off of something and it's like moving towards or away from it, you can tell the speed or the direction it's moving based on the frequency when it bounces back. I don't know. That doesn't sound right, but something along those lines. Yeah. And these waves are so sensitive that you're not allowed to have like a microwave within, I don't even know how many miles of Green Bank itself. So everything is like pretty primitive there. Not primitive. I mean, I feel like that's a, <laughs> okay, not primitive, but they live in huts. They have no, like no, 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 basic tools. No, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying like, at least to like a college person, it's like, wow, like I feel like I'm living in the eighties because we, we didn't go on our phones. We biked around all day. And the nearby yeah. places were like, I feel like we went to this nearby market and it, it like reeked with like cigarette smell and it was like super like ran down and the woman serving us up was like chewing on some tobacco. And I was like, oh, I feel like I just walked in like the wild west. It was awesome. I loved it. I honestly loved it so much. And I would have went back again the next year, but I had COVID. So <laughs> that wasn't good. I was like, I was going to go. And I signed the papers and everything. And I, I'm like the day of, I was like really sick. And I was like, oh, guys, I think I might have to call this one out. Like I have a fever. And then a few days later, I got tested and it was COVID. So Oof, that was a good save because everyone probably would have gotten it just being in those bunks. <laughs> like it's literally the accommodations are good. I mean, I feel like it's very clean, and very neat, but it is a little bit of a liminal space. Like it's just these two gigantic bunk rooms with like a bunch of bunk beds that you can move around. And then there's two normal bedrooms, what I presume are for the chaperones. But for whatever reason, last year, they didn't stay in the same building as us. So Ariana and I took the one room because <laughs> we were like, we're sleeping in an actual bed. And oh, you took that room. Yeah, which was we were not supposed to do that. But the first two years that I went, I was like, everyone did the mega bed, like they pushed all the beds together. And we were all on top of each other. And I ended up in a crack between the two bunk beds. It was weird. I was like, I didn't get a lot of sleep. So I was like, I just need to take the bed this time. And no one's going to tell me otherwise. Yeah, I don't think I would have loved that, the mega bed. I would be like, this is what you said about. Oh, God. Oh, I said I would have been like, it would be a funny idea for a few hours. And then I'd be like, eventually, be like, oh, I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah, it was really interesting feeling like you're stuck in the 80s. It literally feels like you've been transported. So. Yeah, it's like, I mean, they obviously have computers and technology to control the telescopes, but everything is very analog, I guess I would say, because it's not like a lot of digital stuff. And there's just no way to communicate with the outside world, which is simultaneously really relaxing and also really terrifying. Because I was thinking, what if something happens? Like, what if there's a medical emergency and we need to contact? Is there even a hospital near there? I don't yeah, know. I remember them saying that. The closest hospital was like an hour and a half, like hour drive or something. If we were to have a medical emergency, like we would not be able to get anyone to the hospital within probably over an hour. That's so scary. I don't like that. Yeah. And like <laughs> it hears us going into just biking around like the woodsy areas. Yeah. It's interesting because for the Green Bank telescope, it's the farthest one back. Like there's a road that basically just goes back into the woods. I'm explaining this for the listeners because they're probably like, what are you talking about? But yeah, so you have to, it's probably a mile and a half, I would say, and you can walk or bike or whatever, but you have to go all the way back there to even see it. It's so nestled into the trees and you pass by all the other telescopes, which is really cool. But 
Yeah, it is like the woods, woods out there. Like you might see a bear or something. There's really no telling what you could encounter. I think the craziest thing was seeing that giant telescope in the middle of the night. I think it was the first night I got there. I don't know if you came with or not. I did. I think I was in the back struggling to see because it is just pitch darkness, like so dark you cannot see where you're going. I remember you had like these pink fur boots. And did you have like pink glasses or something? Or I don't My glasses are pink. I do have a pink pair see? of glasses, but that's so funny that you remember that. It was the yeah. pink boots, I think. What was it? I, was, I... I have had those Uggs since I was like 12. Like I actually just got rid of them this past year because they were really worn down. But like I have had those for so long and they were just kind of my go-to like if my feet are going to get gross like winter attire. So it's really funny. I think they should have gone in like a glass box and you place them somewhere, maybe over the fireplace or something. They're low-key pretty iconic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you getting rid of that? That's the end of an era, bro. That's the end of the pink boots lily era, bro. <laughs> I know. The Goodwill in my hometown like really... They lucked out with that one. There's a lot of history in those booths. So hopefully someone good snatched them up. I'm going to the Goodwill now and then I'm going to auction them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I'm famous one day. Yeah. You oh, can... maybe. I'll... Should I wait on it? Can't auction them off now. Yeah. I guess wait a couple of years. We'll see what happens. Um, gosh, that's funny. But yeah, you were saying the first time you saw the GBT, like in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So just walking up to it and it was so bizarre because I've never seen anything like it. It was this giant dark dome that was it honestly at night pitch black. It was like um, there are lights lighting up on it and stuff and sounds. We couldn't even get that close to it. We were maybe like a couple hundred feet back. I don't know how far we were from it, but it felt like we were pretty far back from it. Yeah, because they have like the gated area right by the base of it. So you can't. I'm sure someone would try to fucking climb it or something if, like, they didn't fence it off. <laughs> Agreed. And just looking at it in, like, just darkness, it felt like I was looking at, like, a space shuttle, like, launch site. It was the sickest thing. That's how I would describe it because it was, like, the noises it was making. And it was, like, I don't know. It just sounded like I was looking at, like, a space shuttle. That's how it looks. At least. Yeah, it's so surreal. It's, like, I have never seen anything I think just because it's so massive, like it's so big, it's rare that you see something that big. And then the fact that it like moves and they control it is very interesting. But also I feel like Green Bank in general, in addition to like the cool techno astronomy stuff, there's like this weird atmosphere there. It feels like a liminal space. I know I said that earlier, but there's also kind of this like creepiness to it. Like there's an abandoned airstrip back in the woods. I don't know if you guys went back there at all. I don't think so. I don't think we went back there. I discovered it my sophomore year with a group of people. We were like walking. We walked to the GBT and then we were coming back and we we're like, oh, let's cut down this other path. There's kind of like a path that's grown over, but you could see that there was like a sidewalk or something there. And so we went down that way and we found this whole landing strip where planes used to take off. That's like, there's plants growing up through the asphalt. It's very weird. And that was like, honestly, one of the most freeing memories I have. Me and Danielle, like, just started running. Like, we just ran down the airstrip. Then we were like laying there. It was just like something you would see in a movie. It's not real life. Like, so I always think about that. And 
Also, there's a couple of abandoned buildings on the Green Bank property that we were kind of exploring this last time I went, and it was creepy as hell. But I love abandoned places, so I was into it. It is just such a something that you can never put into words well. It's such a special experience, I feel like, just because how it feels like you're stepping into like a movie or like everyone was just like forced to interact with each other because of the lack of connection anyone had. So it felt like summer camp. It felt like really like just like a little summer camp with all the bunk beds and just we were outside all day. And then at night we were playing games and stuff. And I don't know. We were playing definitely uh, very uh, summer camp-esque games. Yeah, I think we literally played Truth or Dare at one point, which no hate to Truth or Dare. It's fun. But it's just like, it's not something that people get to do really when you're in college. Everyone opts to go out and party, which... I like that too, but I think everyone needs to have an experience like that where you just get to connect with people and there's no other alternative. It wasn't about Green Bank. It was about just like partying and whatnot. Today's senior week for me this week. And Oh my uh, gosh, very fun. Did you do the school events, the senior events and stuff? I don't know. Did you guys have that when you graduated? Yeah, I did everything i did the non-villanova sanctioned events like the ones in ardmore and stuff and the villanova ones and we had like my roommates and i pretty much did all of them except for like one i think and at the end of the week i was dead like at graduation i was like i'm done i'm not drinking for a month and a half like it was bad so yeah i'd love to hear how that's going for you no i'm kind of having like i didn't really want to spend too much money me respectfully because i'm like going into debt i know it's like maybe 40 50 for each event or whatnot and the memories are probably worth more than money but i was like yeah i'll just go hang out with friends and stuff i'm going to the free stuff so there's like a blue and white bash i don't know if you that remember. was fun that was the one they did on i think mendel field and it yeah. was really fun really okay and the senior picnic I'm going to. I don't know how that That was also be. fun. Honestly, the Villanova events pleasantly surprised me. I feel like they really pulled out all the stops and there was like, you could get drinks for free. The food was good. You didn't really have to pay for stuff, which I hear you. It's definitely a lot. And I think it was expensive for like the events at the Ardmore Music Hall and the ones in downtown Philly, for sure. I feel like I'm a FOMO very prone to FOMO myself. Now that everything is like sold out and you have to like, if you actually want to somehow sign up for it really late, you have to get waitlisted. And I'm like, I'm watching people go to these things and I'm like, dang, like all my friends are going and I didn't realize. And now I'm like, dang, like I could be celebrating my senior status. And now I'm just in like ghost town. Like I live off campus, a few minutes off campus, but it's, it's still like ghost town. I live in props. Okay. Yeah. I don't know who would be listening and not know that, but. Oh, plenty of people. I have a lot of non-Villanova listeners. Oh, so. oh, really? Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the props are just, they're referred to as properties. The villas at Bryn Mawr, which is like a five minute drive to campus. So it's basically like as close as you can get with like off-campus apartments. Like in, yeah. In and it's super nice because you can walk. I don't know if people walk to campus from props. I never lived there, but I had friends that lived there and I was like, oh, this is way closer because we lived in Ardmore, which was, it was only like seven minutes away from campus driving, but you definitely couldn't walk. 
to campus and we were actually closer to philly like down the main line we could just drive like 15 minutes to be downtown which was really nice but i don't know if i i'm just kind of like in this limbo state right now where i kind of have fomo and i'm like trying to see who wants to hang out and people are usually like busy or at home now and like people are going to school events and i mean i've been hanging out with some people like i've been going to other like birthday parties or whatnot but I'm just like existing campus. I mean, not campus. Well, I mean, campus is empty, but my apartment complex is like is less and less people as the days go by. And I don't know. It's it's this weird feeling of having nothing to do. Yeah. I remember feeling that exact same way once we finished classes. I was writing a thesis also. So like <laughs> I finished that and I was like, what do I do now? I can sleep in. What? I was still working at the library, so I had some responsibilities. Like I had to be there every day. But other than that, I was like, whoa, this is a lot of unstructured time. Is this what it's like being an adult? And it's not even because you have a job and then you do everything else like after. So it was a weird limbo state of not having anything to do and then having to be social. It's weird. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of orientation week without like the awkwardness. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Orientation seems like a million years ago. It was three and a half years ago. No, four years ago. I don't know. I can't do math right now. For me, that was almost four years ago. Three and a half years ago was orientation. Gosh, I miss that. Coachella or whatever it's called. Oh my God. Wait, what? So for orientation, Villanova had this really campy concert called Coachella. I don't know why. They didn't do that for us. They did a luau and everyone referred to it as the awkward luau for like all four years. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think they changed the awkward luau or whatever. Oh, man. I don't remember what it was called because I remember hearing about that when I was like touring. Yeah. Like the luau. They changed it to Coachella for us. (laughs) It was hilarious because like everyone was just like walking up to each other and just be like, oh, how are you doing? What's your major? But. Now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of like in this limbo state of my life. I don't know 100% what I'm doing. And me and Lily have uh, talked about this before, my scenario. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm a bit nervous for the future and nervous where like my friend circles will go. Like, I feel like I see someone like Lily. I'm like, I feel like she's maintained so many friendships after college. And it kind of scares me. I'm like, what if I can't follow suit? And what if I can't? sustain friendships and I don't know it's scary because everyone part goes their separate ways and you think you find like your forever friends in one place and then it's like oh wait we're gonna be this many miles away from each other and it's like it's a scary no that's so valid I mean I, I riffed on this a little bit in my solo episode but it is weird because you want to enjoy the moment and be in the moment and spend time with your people, but you're also have this looming thing over your head of like, okay, what's going to happen once we leave this place that we have in common? Like, are we going to be able to keep up this friendship? And I don't know. I think it's, I really appreciate the compliment of saying it seems like I've maintained a lot of friendships because I think I have, but it's definitely not easy. And it's like, you just have to like adapt things to your adult life. And it's weird because you don't have that. I don't know what to call it really. But one of my favorite things about college was you could just call someone up and be like, hey, you want to go get pizza right now? Like, You don't have that option to just do something spontaneously. It has to be more 
planned, especially if you're traveling to see someone. So I definitely miss that. But not all hope is lost for college friendships. Like I think the right people stick around. And sometimes it's not who you expect it to be. Like it could be someone that you just met before you left campus. Like one of my best friends, her name is Kira. She graduated the year before me. We met in a class her last semester at Villanova and we became fast friends. And she's like one of my closest friends now because we just have maintained talking and we have like a lot in common. So I guess that is to say, like, don't worry about holding on so tight to the people that are like your bestest besties, because sometimes those friendships need a little space and others are like, you have the opportunity to get to know someone better even outside of college. So I don't know. I definitely have like a fear of, I feel like it's irrational at points because I'm like, even if I'm in contact with certain people less, it doesn't make us any less friends. Right. And you still have the memories too. Like for me, that's definitely something I was like, oh man, I want to keep making memories. I'm like, how does one even make friends as someone that's working? You make friends with coworkers or go to, I don't know, what do adults do, Willie? That's a good question. I don't really feel like an adult, but I guess I am qualified to answer because I've been working for a year now. So I think, okay, I will give this disclaimer. Like I'm in a serious relationship. And I think that a lot of people who are just graduated or in the couple of years after who aren't in relationships probably make a lot more friends because they're like going out more and I guess trolling for friends, just like they're trolling for like relationships. I don't know. That's not the word I was looking for really, but it applies. So anyway, I think for me, I have definitely become friends with a lot of my coworkers. A lot of them are older than me, though. Like they're in their 30s or 40s. So obviously, we're not hitting the bars. Although we did have a work event around Christmas time where we all got dinner and then we went out to this bar after. And I was like, okay, ladies, like they were really surprising me with how wild they were. Plus, they're all like moms. So I was like, this is mom's night out for you guys. I'm loving it. But recently, there's been three people that have joined my team at work who are all in their early 20s. So I feel like we've been becoming friends because they also live in the same city as me. They live in Lakewood, which is like the first suburb of Cleveland to the West. And it's a pretty young people place. Like a lot of young people live there because it's less expensive than living downtown, but it's like 10 minutes or less away from all kinds of stuff. So yeah, I think I try to be like the funny positive coworker. I don't think that would surprise people to hear about me, but I just like try to bring a sense of humor to everyone. So I think that makes it easier to make friends. But yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, really. I mean, like day to day, is it work a certain amount of hours and then just hang with Murph, whatnot? I feel like I do a lot. We like to go out to dinner or to go grab drinks quite a bit because it's kind of fun. We're trying to like discover all the restaurants in this area because there's so many good places to eat. But I think I've been making a really strong effort to reconnect with high school friends. Well, I guess not even just like that I went to high school with, but people that I've like known that have lived in this area since I was little. And a lot of people don't live around here anymore. But like whenever they come home, I'll try to take them out or like we'll go out to dinner or go do something fun. because. I don't know. I just I like didn't keep up with a ton of people from high school and college besides my main group of friends. So I'm trying to reconnect with some of those people. So I think for me, I like to be really organized and be like, okay, I'm going to like try to see three people this week. Or if I'm feeling more tired, I'll just try to see one person or something like that. But actually making the time in your schedule to like make plans is 
I guess, an adjustment that has to be made when you're adulting and working. It's like, okay, I actually have to block off this time and plan something, but it doesn't make it any less fun when you do it. You just have to like plan ahead a little more. Responsibilities, am I right? Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) Uh, Can't wait because I'm still... No, I guess it doesn't suck, but it's like, it's not as spontaneous, I guess. Like just hitting up friends at like midnight and be like, what's up? Want to hang out? I don't know. That is something I'm definitely going to miss. I guess childhood and young adult years is... I'm talking like an old man, but honestly, like I still probably could be like a fool for the next couple of years. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Your 20s are for like your foolery. I think I've become a little bit more responsible since I moved out. But like before that, in the period of time where I was still living at home after I came back from Villanova, there was a lot of tomfoolery happening. And my friend group is kind of all over town. Like we all live in different cities around here, but there was no good central locations. Someone was always driving in Timbuktu or like we were staying at someone's house and that's kind of fun because it makes you feel like you're still have no responsibilities. <laughs> just the, the looming adult. Even though we're young, I feel like it's just this looming feeling of something we're expected to be or expected to do. If you fool around for too long and don't work for a certain amount of time, then people are going to be like, wow, this person is not disciplined enough to be working. I don't know. Maybe I'm a pessimist. I got to be more optimistic about my future because I'm just an overthinker. So I'm an overthinker too. And I feel like what has helped me with that is using my overthinking powers to visualize what I want. That's basically, I just mansplained manifesting. Like that's basically what manifesting is. But like, I don't know, for me, I'm very visual. So if I'm like, okay, what do I actually want to do? Sit with myself, think about like, what is my goal? If I actually think about that and like try to picture it or think like, what would I do to get there? Instead of just thinking down the spiral of negativity, which I definitely did a lot when I was in high school and college. I don't know. I think I have shifted that recently. And it seems to be a good change. But also I will say to make you feel better, no one knows what they're doing. I have encountered so many people in my adult life, both at work and just in general, that I may have a perception of them like, oh, they're so good at that. Or like, they're really knowledgeable. And they actually also don't know what they're doing. So I think adulting is just like everyone pretending that they know. But I'm trying to be real here. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. So it seems like when I look at you, I'm like, oh, she knows what she's doing. Oh, well, thanks. (laughs) I guess adulting is just pretending to be an adult. I think there's something to be said for that, though, because it's like, it is like kind of fake it till you make it. Like you do eventually find out, I guess, what you're doing if you keep pretending to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, agreed. It's still a scary new concept for me. I still got the jitters about it. I graduate Friday. So ah, congratulations. <laughs> That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. I hope you guys get better weather than we got. It was raining on my graduation day. Wait, so did you graduate inside? We were outside. Okay. Well, it was because it was sunny in the morning. And then during the ceremony, probably 30 minutes in, it started raining. And it was kind of cold, too. So it was like, ew. It was also Friday the 13th. So I think if that's the worst thing that happened, I'll take it. Because I was scared that there was going to be something weird happening. I don't know how it really even works. Do we just show up 1.30 at the thing with our stuff on, sit somewhere? Is that what we do? 
Pretty much. We didn't know either because they never really tell you. There's no rehearsal or anything. So I would say get there a little early because then you could get a an okay seat or at least save a row for like your friends. But yeah, we literally just got there. I got there with my family and one of my friends had gotten us a row. So your family members just sit in the back and then you go up and sit with the rest of the students and they just call you up and you have to be ready to go up and just shake someone's hand and then not fall down the stairs. So it's actually not that bad. Just do not fall. Whatever you do, do not fall. <laughs> that was my biggest concern because I'm pretty klutzy. So I was, it would really suck if I fell down these stairs right now. And I was concentrating so hard on that that I, I didn't do a cute thing. You know how people are, they'll stop on the stage and be like, yeah, or something. I didn't do that because I was too scared I was going to fall. <laughs> so I was thinking of doing like, if there's like applause or something, maybe there won't be. There's no applause when they call your name or like... No, not till the end of each school. They'll do it by College of Liberal Arts, College of Engineering, and then you applaud at the end because they move you through pretty fast. Like they'll have you line up. Yeah. Oh, actually, wait, I remember how they do it now. So you don't have to wait for them to call you up. They go by row and you have to sit with your college. So you could sit with friends or whatever, but they have to be in the same school as you because you'll give them the little name card when you get up to the stage and then they put it into the machine and it reads your name so they don't mess it up whoa that's wild i just remembered that because i lost mine like two days before and i was like shit what am i gonna do and then i found it yeah they never even told us if we're like sitting with people in our own college or whatnot i heard somewhere that it's you could sit with anybody so you could just sit with your friends and then they call you oh maybe maybe they changed it because they made us sit within our schools and they did the schools like one at a time, but they could have changed it. So I guess don't take my word for it. I don't know. I'm also moving out the day of graduation. <laughs> On the day of graduation, my parents want me to, they're like, we're just going to be there then. So just might as well just bring your, all your stuff out and they're going to have multiple cars. So they'll be able to, I mean, I'm going to be able to use my car. My dad can use his car to like move my stuff out, but we're going to Ireland three days after I graduate. That's so fun. Oh my God. But it's more of like a trip to renovate my grandpa's house because he hasn't like he lives in the U.S. with us, but he's got a house in Ireland since he's from Ireland. Oh, cool. I think he hasn't been to Ireland in like six something years. And we're going to go and like renovate it and I think basically like clean it out. And but like half the trip, it's going to be like two and a half weeks. So half the trip is going to be probably that. And then the other half is hopefully touring. I mean, I've been to Ireland one more time before, but. I never went to Dublin or anything, and I would love to go to Dublin. And I mean, I went to Galway. Shout out Galway Girl by Ed Sheeran. I actually love that song. And my roommate Morgan was abroad in Galway for, she was there the COVID semester. So she was there for like a month, which was so sad. But yeah, I've heard it's a great city. Yeah, it's crazy because it doesn't feel like I'm graduating like and moving out in four days. I still got to like start packing stuff and... No, you don't. I just kind of threw everything in the car. I mean, I did the exact same thing, except I moved out the next morning, like the day after graduation. But like first thing in the morning, low key, because we were like, all right, let's get this show on the road. I also was living in a house that was infested with mice. So I was ready to get the fuck out of there. It was bad. Yeah. And Grace's ceiling collapsed the day before graduation in her room. Time to get out of here. <laughs> it caved in, literally. And we were like, okay, I think the house is rejecting us. We need to leave. 
Yeah, that is uh, life telling you it's time to go. <laughs> it's time to go. Oh, my gosh. Where are you from? I don't even know what state you're from. I'm from Jersey. So Okay. You didn't know where I was from? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I did know that now that you say it, but I wasn't sure. So I was curious how far. How far is the drive, like, back to where you live? Hour and a half. The, oh, nice. Probably the longest I'll take is, like, two hours. But, yeah, hour and a half. That six and a half hour drive after moving all my shit out was brutal. But it also feels it comes so quick, like the day of like moving out. Because I feel like, did you feel like at peace with, I might not see these people for a long time again. I might not see some of them forever again. Like, did you feel at peace with leaving Villanova when you did? That's a good question. I think as far as my house and my roommates. So for context, one of my roommates, Fran, is from very close to my hometown. And she actually lives in Spain right now, but I was like, okay, I'm definitely going to see her because she lives near me. And Morgan is from Pittsburgh and was moving back to Pittsburgh. So I was like, okay, that's only an hour away. So I'll definitely see her. And we've gotten together so many times, which I'm really thankful for. But everyone else, like Abby was from Utah and moving to New York City. And Grace is from Massachusetts and then was going to Vermont. And I was like most sad about my friends that... Like you said, I didn't know if I was going to see them again. We were friends kind of all four years or from a major or something. And I was like, I don't know if I would take a trip to see this person or not. But it's okay because like we've stayed in touch. I just haven't seen them in person. So I guess short answer to your question is yes, I felt like I was at peace with leaving. But that also could have been because our house was so gross. And I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And that's on college housing. and. We used to call our landlord Slumlord Roger because he literally was like running an operation in Ardmore. He had all these houses that like a bunch of my friends lived in and they were all nasty. It was terrible. I have one of my friends that lives in Ardmore and they have mice in their ceilings. So (laughs) yeah, it's probably Roger's house. (laughs) I was thinking, is it like a really small backyard? Is it that kind of Ardmore? Yeah. 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 So We lived on Holland Avenue, but there's a bunch of streets back there that the houses are really close together. They're two or three floors. I know someone on, oh wait, Holland? I know someone on Aubrey Ave. Oh my God. Yeah, that's right there. And it's, ours was like the street behind. The Haverford? Yes. Yeah. We were right behind Haverford. So I would always run on Haverford's campus because it's really pretty. But it's like a super small school. So I was like, haha, jokes on you, losers. I go to Villanova. <laughs> That's mean, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny, though, because it was like, who do you see with Haverford bumper stickers? Nobody. Everyone in the area got the V's. Everyone yeah, got... even if they don't go to Villanova, they've got like a Villanova flag from their house. I'm like, yes. Because I think a lot of it is just like the uh, sports culture, the basketball culture. and But also like people love the Augustinian culture and the church and whatnot and i will say i really miss just walking around on campus because the buildings are so pretty my favorite walk was coming back from the library i would like loop around by sack and the oh god i'm forgetting core and then go past the oreo and cut down by the cemetery in front of the church yes it's so pretty it's so scenic and i don't know i feel like just because i don't know what i'm doing I don't really feel at peace with leaving yet, but I'm trying to get there. Yeah, no, I totally get that, though, because 
to be fair, I knew what my job was going to be by the time of graduation, but it was literally the week before graduation that I got offered a job. Up until that point, I've been applying. I probably applied to like 10 or 11 jobs and didn't hear back from any of them except for one that I interviewed for and they rejected me. But then like I got offered this job literally the week before graduation, like that Friday. And so then I was like, oh, senior week is about to be lit. Like I'm just going to do whatever I want because I have a job. But I think if I wasn't in that situation, like a lot of my friends who still didn't know where they were moving or what they were going to be doing, like they were very stressed. So I understand that completely. And I think it's good because like if you didn't care at all, that'd be a little concerning. Yeah, just be like, screw this. I'm out of here. And yeah, you're right. If I wasn't like so nervous about what I was doing, I guess that would be a bad thing. I think it's a good thing to be nervous. I'm concerned for what's in store. Yeah. I want to be. You have an idea of what you want to do, like work wise? Yeah. I'm trying to become some sort of data analyst because I'm a statistics major. So I'm getting my bachelor's science in stats. So hopefully, I'm, I honestly have not been job hunting too hard recently because I've been talking to some companies. I already work for the school at the Office of Advancement, which is like they keep track of information for the donors and stuff. Like that's their big thing. But might get a, I'm talking to them for a little bit. I don't know. They're going to schedule an interview for me while I'm in Ireland. (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. So I don't know if that would like, if I would move back here, if I get that, or if it would be hybrid, I I really don't know. Yeah, that's interesting because I was definitely like applying to jobs in Cleveland because I knew I wanted to move back home. But I knew a lot of people who were applying all over. Like they applied in cities that they wanted to live in, in the Philly area, because they already were familiar with it. And they were just like, well, I'll just go wherever I get a job. I was like, that is scary. That's awesome, though. It's like very gumption. Speaking of gumption, we have to do your gumption story before we run out of time. We have like seven minutes. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what you came up with. Okay, so I kind of already mentioned it earlier. My gumption story was, I'd say was this podcast, really. I mean, not this podcast, not gumption itself, but not appearing as a guest appearance on Gumption. <laughs> yeah. So Sean Talk was this podcast I created junior year. And it was something that was just really impulsive of myself and something that I never expected to do. I never expected to, like I said earlier, I never expected to be the one talking to people because I was always just the listener. And I think that was really my Gumption moment. I feel bad because I'm kind of reiterating what I said earlier, but I really am proud of myself for just going out and doing something new, being involved with the Villanova radio. And like my first time I was ever involved with it, I became a DJ, which so I was just like on air. Oh, that's fun. Anytime I went live, like I'd be on air and we would be like accidentally cursing on it sometimes. (laughs) And it would be like some of the scariest moments because it was like I have to be on top of each conversation to make sure like we have some sort of flow. I mean, like right now, I feel like I do way better as a host than I do as a guest. Like, I feel like right now as a guest, Lily, I feel like I could be doing a little better, but. No, I think it's fine. I feel like, well, first of all, you've got the first step, which is that you're comfortable talking on the air, whether it's live or not. I think for most people, that's the biggest hump to get over. It's like, oh my God, I don't like 
seeing a recording of myself or like hearing my own voice. So I think you've already mastered that. And you do have a really good podcasting voice, by the way. Like it's very easy on the ears, which some people don't have. I listen back. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, that's not no, good. Oh, stop. You cannot say that about yourself. If you say that about me, you cannot say that about yourself. But I actually never listen back to my own voice, though. Avoid it as much as possible. Never listen to my own episodes. I feel as like, I'm like, you know what? I already experienced that conversation. I was already in the moment. I'm not going to be nitpicking myself or the show or whatnot. I'm just gonna... I think that's really smart, actually, because then you're not like, ew, why did I say that? You can just let it be what it was. <laughs> like this content was a moment in time and that moment has passed. And I don't like go and edit my stuff because it's like automatically archived and put on the WXVU Villanova, WXVU Villanova. Yeah, podcast. It's on the Spotify podcast. So if you ever want to look that up, um, yeah. I'll talk on. I can link it in the episode description yeah. so people can check it out. I have a little playlist actually with, I think, all the episodes. So maybe I can send you that. But yeah, that um, would be great. Yeah, no. And I think just going and doing that and posting on it, because I became known as the Sean Talk guy, like the Instagram like store. Like people would know me because like random people would hit me up and be like, oh, I want to be on the show. That's fun because. Was it ever people that you didn't know, really, that just wanted to be on it? There was a couple of times where people I think I've talked to maybe once before, like hit me up and was like, yo, let's do an episode. And I was like, OK, let's go. That's really cool. But people would also drunkenly come up to me at parties and be like, <laughs> oh, man, when are you going to give me on Sean Talk, man? And I'm like, <laughs> you're like, not right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let me check my calendar. And I'll get back to you. And that was like, I, I would message them and they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, something came up. I'm like, okay, so you're just drunk. <laughs> like, because I was like, I rarely know this person and they're like coming up to me. But it was just kind of weird because I don't know. I became known as the guy who just had people on his show sometimes and people would like know who I was. And I'd be like, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's, I'm really bad with names or you're notorious on campus. People used to say that to me about my Instagram. Just that I had a cool Instagram. They'd be like, oh, I know you from Instagram. I'm like, I go here also. You could know me from just knowing me, but that's a weird thing to say to someone. I don't know. I do kind of like it. I kind of like the attention. So I can't really hate on it because I tried really hard with my Instagram a long time ago. It must be really flattering though. Like being like, wow, they know me from my Instagram. <laughs> Everyone, I just want to say, if you've made it this far, I want to say, go out of your way. Go take the time. Take a minute. Go out of your way and go to Monty Switz on Instagram and we'll give that a look because that is probably my favorite profile to ever exist. So. Wow, that makes me so happy. I knew you were going to bring up Monty because I swear to God, you're his biggest fan. Anytime I share any Monty related content, you're like the first <laughs> interaction, which I love because he deserves it. He's a little cutie pie. But my bucket list is to one day meet Monty because I see him as like your little gumption mascot. <laughs> my mom says the same thing. So I think I should make it legit. Like he should just be my mascot. I love that. Although he's timid. He's very timid. Get like a little cardboard cutout of him and like put it, slap him on the back of your wall in the background. And oh my gosh, that would be awesome. I think. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Recently, I just felt like rabbits have been my spirit animal. I don't know. Cause that's not a usual thing for me to really think of. I don't know. I've just felt like I've had a special connection with rabbits because it would be just random occurrences where I'd be 
maybe walking somewhere and a rabbit would always be in the direction I was going in. Maybe it's because all oh, rabbits are like common over here, but there'd be times where I would, it would be like me and two other friends and we would see uh, three rabbits walking by together as the three of us were walking by. And I, I don't know, like these moments where like there'd always be recently there's, I would just like walk alone at night from like, I would get back from somewhere, park my car and then walk to my apartment and there'd be a little rabbit right near my apartment's door, like looking at me. I just feel like little moments like that really just can be touching at like the end of a long night or something. Yeah. It's not an accident that you keep seeing that and like noticing it. You know, I think whenever I have something that seems to be coming to me as a sign repeatedly and I'm noticing it, I'm like, oh, this has to mean something. I don't know what it means, but it means something. Like uh, if you notice a specific, like people will say angel numbers, like if you see a specific number all the time, like I have some friends that are convinced that like they have specific angel numbers because they just see it everywhere in life. And that could be just confirmation bias or that can just be, I don't know, actual, maybe spiritual attraction or I don't know how I would describe it, but it's something there. I feel like that either we notice or that the world sends to us. And I think I like that- to believe that it is, even if people would say, oh, it's just like you said, confirmation bias. I'm like, well, I don't know, because sometimes it leads me down a path of thought that I'm like, oh, I'm more observant of the world around me. And it seems to have meaning in some way. I just looked up the symbolism of rabbits because I was curious. And it says rabbits represent rebirth and resurrection. That's in Christianity, apparently. But then it also says rabbits symbolize luck and creativity. Rabbit. Hold on. I think I looked up before rabbit spirit animal meaning. Let's see. See, like a lot of these are just like the rebirth one is really interesting to me, though, because it's something that I've noticed that or like new beginnings is something that I've noticed my senior year. I don't think I really had that connection until this year where I've been like, I've been seeing a lot of rabbits lately. So maybe it's like a good testament of good times ahead. And I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be as nervous as I really am, you know, like maybe I it's going to be all right. It is going to be all right, even if you don't know what you're doing. I always like, I tell myself that, but it's true. It's like, you have to believe it because it'll work out however it needs to. I'm this far, right? (laughs) Yeah, true. Sometimes looking back on my past, I'm like, okay, I made it through that weird phase. So I think I'm doing pretty good right now. (laughs) That weird, uh, my little pony phase I went through in middle school. I went through my little pony face, but I was like four. So we're we're, we're just built different, I guess. Yeah. I went through a mustache phase in middle school. Oh my gosh. Why did every girl go through that? I don't know. It was so weird, but I was like, I was obsessed with five below and they had all the mustache garb, you know, the little finger stickers that were mustaches and the little stick on. Why? I don't know why. I knew someone that had like glasses that had like a little mustache attached to it and they wear it yeah that was a weird time i must <laughs> ask you a question it was like everything was like a mustache and bacon puns for a while yeah, literally, oh my god please i bring was, that back i was obsessed with bacon puns and i'm still obsessed with bacon but it was bad like i had magnets on my locker at school that were like bacon related like it just why i don't know wait actually let me see if i have it right here Oh my gosh, yes, please. It's a bacon bookmark. <laughs> Reading is bacon for the brain. 
I love that so much. I bought that at a bookstore in Wayne, like on the other side of campus, because my one professor was like, you have to get the book for our class from this bookstore. Like, I want you to buy it from this local bookstore. And we were all like, okay. Except that it was like $45 instead of just like 12 or whatever it would have been at the Philadelphia bookstore. <laughs> when I went there, I saw this bookmark. I was like, I have to buy that. So, yeah. That's bring back the bacon phase, I say. I agree. Thank you for having me on, Lily. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining. I never know what to say to people. I'm like, I really am so grateful that you were on, but I feel like you were just a natural because you do this with people. So it was super free flowing conversation, which is really nice. But yeah, I feel like good I luck really... to you. I hope you have the best senior week and congratulations about graduation. I'll definitely check in and see how everything's going later in the week. But yay, this is so exciting. It's like very exciting. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much to Sean for being on this episode with me and for doing a Sean talk x gumption collab i think it's a really nice opportunity when you get the chance to just have a conversation with a friend and reflect on like a really memorable experience that you both had i don't think people do enough reflecting in our society and i find that i learn a lot about myself through reflection both alone and with others like just kind of talking through old memories and experiences and how they were unique for you can be really powerful so I appreciated us recapping our Green Bank trip, which for me was definitely a really great experience. That trip to Green Bank in particular was also really impactful for me because I was choosing between going on that trip, which would be my last opportunity to go to Green Bank with my fellow former astro major friends, or going on a retreat with some of my campus ministry, peer ministry friends. And it just so happened that it was the weekend of my dad's heaven anniversary, as I like to call it. So I personally just didn't want to be in the space of reflection that whole weekend. Like typically when you're on a retreat, you do a lot of journaling and praying and just kind of really getting deep and vulnerable. And I was like, this is not what's going to be best for me this weekend. I think it'll be too emotional for me. It'll be too sad. And I want to go have fun in this beautiful place in the middle of nowhere where I don't have any reason to look at my phone with old friends and making new friends. And it was truly so much fun. There's literally nothing like riding a bike into the middle of the woods, like no phones, riding towards this gargantuan telescope. It just feels like a movie. And I'm trying to seek out more movie like experiences in my day to day life. So, Thank you to the people at Green Bank who hosted us. They are definitely not listening to this podcast. As a matter of fact, I doubt they know it exists, but maybe they're picking up on my radio waves or something. All that being said, everybody, I hope you enjoy your Memorial Day. Hopefully you got a long weekend, get to enjoy some beautiful weather, spend time with family, eat some hot dogs, whatever you want to do, and really just soak it in because summer is right around the corner. And we are going to have the summer of our lives, okay? It's going to be a bomb summer, and I already know it. So hang on, babes. It's right there. We're so close. This was episode 17, Bring Back the Bacon Phase, The Importance of Cinematic Experiences. And hey, guys, one more thing. And no, I'm not going to tell you to follow our Instagram, because if you're not following the Instagram by now, you're a fake fan. I wanted to give a huge shout out to Bear Beat Productions 
who is a podcasting agency that actually edited this episode for me. It's the first time I've ever outsourced the editing, and it was really nice to work with them. Very exciting partnership in the works. And just wanted to say, Gumption is moving on up. We're not necessarily a one-woman show anymore, you guys. Like, this is getting exciting. So, shout out to Bear Beat. You guys did a great job. And I'll see you next week. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) 